welcome everybody back to another episode of Saint Podcast. Yo, I'm yo. your host Victoria. <laughs> Ciao, and this is my co-host Haley. Um, and Hello. today we have a wonderful guest joining us. This is the first guest of season two. So welcome Brendan Talbot, the osteopath slash. You know, that he's like, good. wow, that, that was, was good. good. You like that? Good. Okay, he liked it. We're in. Um, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling good? Feeling good. Nervous? Excited? excited? Yeah, What's the vibe? Bit of both. Yeah, bit, bit of, of both. both. We love that. It's nice. This is uh, his first podcast ever. We're taking his virginity. So thank you for coming whoop. on. Pop <laughs> in the cherry. Um, we've been trying to get Brennan on this podcast for like months. Uh, season one, we were trying to get him on. Our, our schedules always collided, so it was just never, it just never happened. So we're very happy to have him here finally. But everything um, happens for a reason. This ended up being way closer. That Boom. Is. Everything wow. happens for a reason. And we it's love the first the sunny day. Yeah. So it's first good start day. to season two. Summer, Absolutely. season two, new Sun studio. Shining, the weather's hot. It's actually a gorgeous day out today. It's a good day to have hair. a good day. Yeah. Good day to have a good day. <laughs> um, so for those of uh, the audience listening, tell us what you do. What is an osteopath? What do you do? Yeah, I'm so intrigued. Like I want to, you know, all we want to do on saying is either educate or inspire people. So educate us. Tell yeah. us about it. Educate. That <laughs> seems to be what I actually enjoy. Um, osteopathy is very interesting to describe because it depends on what's needed for the person. So if you come in with joint pain, the treatment will, will be very different than if you come in, let's say, first for a treatment to help regulate the nervous system. So the treatment differs depending on what's needed, but basically it's a gentle form of manual therapy to improve the body's function and overall health. Love it. Mm, okay. I love that. And we use different techniques, like we'll treat different layers of the body, uh, fascia, neuromuscular, and articular, mm -hmm. depending on what's needed. Those are some big words. Yeah. <laughs> Trying um, to keep it simple. But I love sometimes, it. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about um, your past in terms of career, because I know when I worked with you, you were on the career path for music, right? You were uh, producing. I don't know if you were DJing, but I do know you're making music. What what inspired the switch? Like, how did you go from music to educating yourself with osteopath? Uh, that all started back in university. I started music and DJing just to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I figured I could go out and party with my friends, but get paid for it. <laughs> and Smart. Get them the all life. in. Yeah. So yeah. it allowed me to do both. Mm -hmm. I was able to enjoy my time in university, but also get paid while doing it. And I guess just like anything, I took it seriously. I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I started playing a few of the nightclubs and started opening for some big artists and then started playing a few music festivals and then got into producing because I realized if you wanted to make it anywhere in music, you had to produce your own music. Yeah. And that was really foreign to me. I didn't grow up playing any instruments. So I learned wow. all via YouTube, which took wow. a long Crazy. time. Crazy. It's hard, eh? I've tried producing. It's, it's tough, yeah. man. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. YouTube um, University. Uh, it was helpful, like, you know, eating lunch, just watching an hour video and learning mm -hmm. different things. Like, yeah. at the beginning, I didn't even know what a kick drum was or a yeah. clap or a snare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just teaching myself. Just like me. I don't know what that is. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's interesting, though, how how that actually correlates to the body because I think of the body and all of its parts similarly to music and like mm. you have a song, but you have a bunch of different mm -hmm. elements and those elements consist of different parts, so true. which could be altered in different ways with frequencies and volume and all of those I things. So that. like, you know, when I'm thinking of a treatment, I'm thinking it in terms of detail from that level, like mm -hmm. the human body and then it has parts and then those consist of different mm -hmm. parts, which have different responses to different things. And kind of like but at the sense. end of the day, the song comes together. It exactly. sounds beautiful. And it's the same thing like we talked about um, before that the body is completely interconnected. You know exactly. what? Your body, your body is an instrument. Yeah. Right? So it's a great and way think to of how it. different you feel when you hear different 
even chord progressions. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. a chord progression can literally make you feel a certain way. Minors, mm -hmm. majors, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, it's interesting when emotion gets put into like frequencies. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to put it. I love that. That's cool. Um, so the transition that. was cool. pretty good. I don't look at it as like I wasted time with music, yeah. like I learned a lot, but it it was time to change when COVID yeah. happened. There were no more gigs. So that's, <laughs> is was, that the direction no of why you changed or did it, like did it make you happy? Music? Yeah, doing it. Yeah. 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 And I don't think I could have spent so much time doing it if you didn't love it. If yeah. I didn't love it. Yeah. Was it something you saw yourself doing like for the rest of your life, potentially? No, I saw it as like a short term goal, mm -hmm. but I saw myself maybe going a little further with it in that time frame. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see it really as a career because it's tough to have a family with to yeah, touring the world every for sure. Every week. Yeah, it absolutely depends on the kind of lifestyle you want to exactly. live and like. And also yeah. who your partner is, right? And whether they can support that endeavor mentally, exactly. emotionally. Which is tough, but people yeah. do it. People make yeah. it work. They do. They absolutely So it just depends do. on what you hard. want. And when COVID happened, that was when the shift really took over. That's when I stopped working mm -hmm. on music and started doing yeah. the social media content. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what got you into this field that you're in now? What made you kind of make that switch? And like what, what inspired you? What intrigued you about this field? Sports, probably. Really? Just like growing up playing so many different sports. Yeah. Okay. What sports did you play? Um, I started playing, I always played hockey in the winter. Okay. And then my yeah. summer sport kind of changed. Yep. So I started with like t-ball, baseball. Um, I played that until I was maybe like nine or 10. Then I got into soccer, did that for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. And all of these, I ended up playing the highest or second highest level, which was pretty cool competitively. Yeah. Um, just the competitive attitude I think has kind of carried on. Yep. But then from there, soccer, I got kind of bored, ended up playing lacrosse, which was interesting because not a lot of kids play lacrosse. Mm. Yep. So that we'll talk so about this over. too. I've done a lot of things that are not common. Okay. <laughs> we'll kind of get into that. And I think there's kind of a pattern with that, which yeah. is pretty interesting. Um, and lacrosse and hockey worked really well together because lacrosse kept me in shape and got back into hockey. And plus mm. lacrosse was a very tough sport. And I just appreciated learning how to maximize my potential. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like it kind of gets addicting. It's like, well, how, you know, you kind of learn how much sleep you need and what kind of food you need before Absolutely. certain activities to perform your best. And I'm always analyzing and critiquing those things mm -hmm. to kind of see, you know, how you can have the best performance. Mm -hmm. It's the process that's the most like rewarding. I did bikini competitions a couple of years ago and it's like, yeah, like obviously the reward at the end, being in shape, competitively competing, it. whatever it is, is awesome. But it's like the whole process of mm -hmm. being 1% better every single day, right? Yeah. Journey. Yeah. And it's it journey. teaches you things like yeah. you learn and you fail and you try again and you learn. Mm -hmm. So that kind of always had me interested in, I guess, performance and the body. Mm -hmm. um, I hated science in high school, which really? is very interesting. Yeah, I did not like science. I was a math guy. Which really is pretty That's interesting. So funny. Yeah. I was completely the science was so like specific and yeah. This is the parts of a cell, but it didn't tell me why that mattered in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't make any connection to yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. And like things that I couldn't understand the connection I didn't really get too involved with. Um and then I ended up staying so then I in high school I started pole vaulting. Do okay. you guys know what that really? is? Really? No. That's definitely not so this is common. What, this is what I mean. I, <laughs> I did a lot of random things. Wait, did you say you don't know what pole vaulting is? Is that where you like you're running, yes. got the big pole. Okay, okay. It's, like, yeah. it's like high jump with a pole. Yeah, and wow. you're like kind of pull yourself. That's right crazy. Okay, I have never so met I started that, that in that. high school. There's no way. We, uh, we were lucky. We, we had it at our school, so I just got asked to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's random. Yeah, so <laughs> that was like my whole sporting in high school. I did that, volleyball, cross country, badminton, hockey. 
love basketball. So I just didn't do football. Yeah. I tried football. Didn't really like it. Mm. Basketball, not for so me. I'm not the tallest guy. you're very sports oriented. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So we got an athlete, musician, osteopath. There we go. Pretty Wicked. much sums up my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's How cool. old are you now, if you don't mind us asking? 30. You're 30? Yeah. Oh, my well, God. When's your birthday? Yeah. 30s are the December. new 20s, man. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty excited. Capricorn. Yeah. Capricorn. Ooh. 30 30s, man. Yeah, I got a whole decade to get things going. Yeah. So the 20s were the prep work. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into that conversation of like the pressure of like getting in your 30s and stuff when it comes to careers. Totally. I think we could definitely touch up on that for sure. But uh, no, continue on with what you were saying. So basically, sports was kind of what inspired you to get into osteopath. Yeah, that always gave me the interest in the okay. body. Interesting. But then it didn't happen until grade 13. I stayed back a year for mm-hmm. pole vaulting to try to get a scholarship. And mm-hmm. I won off so that year, which was pretty cool mm-hmm. for pole vaulting. And that year is when I took kinesiology. And that's when everything kind of changed because it was more like functional science. Yeah. It's not like these are the cells and this is the parts. It's like this is how the body moves and why it's a problem if it can't move that way. It was more mm-hmm. relative to sport, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's when I decided I'm going to go into kinesiology. And then I went into kinesiology. Uh, I did a year abroad in England. Wow, so I did amazing. an exchange program, which was amazing. So London? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it was very sick. different than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, I thought it'd be the same because we all speak English. Yeah. No, no very no. different vibe. European culture is different. I'm actually going to England in uh, October. My family lives in Manchester. Okay. Is yeah. that where you're from? No, I, like, grew up here. But, my like, we have extended family that lives there, so. But. England was great. It just yeah. took me a little bit to get used to. Yeah. Because it's a change, right? Yeah. Living Most somewhere. people love it. It's amazing. Yeah, so that was a good experience. Cool. And it was what I liked about school over there. They're very research-based, so. Instead of here, they give you a bunch of topics to memorize and they test you on. There, mm-hmm. they'll give you the choice of, let's say, three main topics that correlate to the, the class. And you have to do a ton of research on it. So you have to basically become an expert and teach on it. And then at the end of the term, each group will teach on their subject and educate the class based on what they've learned. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool because that gets you thinking yeah. more in depth about a topic. Um, so I got the, my thesis over there was training in extreme conditions. So like we had a heat chamber and we made this guy while we got our participants to basically bike for 30 minutes in this heat chamber. And the control group only had a certain amount of Gatorade every two minutes and the other group could drink as much as they wanted at any time. And we measured heart rate, blood pressure, glucose levels, and just saw how it affected depending on just changing how much Mm -hmm. they had and and during when. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And I I enjoyed this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Human experiment, basically. So that gave me insight into how research is done and kind of the flaws around it, too. There's a lot of flaws around research because you can't control all the variables. Mm -hmm. Like if you're studying humans, you can't control what they're doing in between your testing time. Yeah. So like that skews a lot of results. Of course. So it's very difficult. I mean, it's good that we have research. It's very valuable. It guides us, but it's not 100 percent accurate. Of course. Makes sense. Um, But then how I got into osteopathy was how ha- I was going to ask you like what is the word of like the actual osteopathy osteopathy let's say it together osteopathy osteopathy, osteopathy. osteopathy. that was really good <laughs> you have to say you have to say it a couple times so osteopathy. In, in university I was like I don't want to be a kinesiologist that was just nothing against kinesiologists I just wasn't, wasn't for you. me yeah so then I was thinking about getting into chiropractic did a whole year of thinking about that Visited some schools in California and the States because t- I didn't want to go to school here. I wanted to go yeah. to school yeah, in the States. Yeah, fair enough. Just for a new experience. And in that same year, my mom met this lady whose son was an osteopath. 
And I just started looking into it. I'm like, oh, this is very similar, but different, different approach. And I did a, like a viewing day at an osteopathic school. And I just said, yeah, I just got a vibe. You're I got like, a feeling. Yeah. And wow. all of that led me here. So it's quite, quite the journey. That. Crazy, man. Crazy. All about the journey. So what's the difference between like an osteopath and a chiropractor? So they're technically similar in the sense of what the goal is with treatment. Yeah. It's to improve someone's body, like improve the function of the body so that everything else works better mm-hmm. because everything is connected. So you can, you can balance the musculoskeletal system to influence the nervous system or the digestive system. Um, but I guess the main difference between chiropractic and osteopathy is chiropractors base their treatments mostly on adjustments. So yeah. treating the joint um, which is important. You need good movement at joints. Uh, their whole intent is to improve nervous system function, which then affects the entire body. Yeah. We kind of hang our hat on blood supply is the main hmm. importance of the body because even nerves need a blood supply. Mm-hmm. So if that if a nerve isn't getting proper blood supply, the nerves can't function properly because it's not getting its nutrients. So in that context we treat a little bit differently yeah um now i can't speak for how all all osteopaths treat and i can't speak for how all chiropractors treat because everyone's very different but i would say that would be the main difference yeah Mm -hmm. and then it just comes down to how that practitioner understands what they're dealing with and how they can think of changing what's going on for the better yeah so it's like it's like mental problem solving basically interesting so it all comes down to the person it's like saying you know just because someone can make a sandwich, like, are they a good cook mm-hmm. when you're right. going to compare them to someone who has a full background and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. both can make a meal. So how do you compare like who's better? Right. It's all relative. Maybe yeah, someone just true. wants a sandwich and loves yeah. sandwiches. So they're completely satisfied with that cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, to someone who has more of an understanding and knowledge, they're like, okay, well that's kind of a basic understanding. So it just depends on the practitioner and their background with mm. the body. Yeah. I think sports gave me a little bit of a leverage yeah. Yeah. with this profession, but yeah. And I think our generation is like we talked about off camera, but our generation is becoming so much more aware of how the body's interconnected and how everything works. Um, for me, like I have had so many problems with like my gut health, my nervous system, and just like finding how everything is connected has helped me to kind of heal, start healing. Um, maybe speak a little bit on that and how, I don't know, like educate us some more on the nervous system directly. Like who would you recommend to go see an osteopath and how do you know when to go see an osteopath? Yeah, those are two really good questions. I would say everyone should have an osteopath in their health lineup. Um, if you break your arm, don't go see your osteopath, like go to the hospital. There's, mm-hmm. there's certain <laughs> things where, you know, like I'm not going to help with, mm-hmm. but basically anything where you're cleared from a doctor to have manual treatment, you can see an osteopath. Now the treatment is going to be dependent on what you need. So my treatment when I'm trying to help someone's nervous system relax or calm down is very different than if I'm trying to improved joint motion of the ankle because they might have sprained their ankle a couple years ago and they lost range of motion in their ankle. The treatment will be very different. So the nervous system, we can do a whole podcast on that alone. It's, it's very, very complex. Yeah. But the interesting thing that you mentioned is the more you're understanding, the better control you can take. And that's literally my whole goal with social media. It's educating people about the body and not always, you know, about osteopathy, but different things about the body Mm -hmm. because the more they know 
the more they can do to yeah. help themselves or, yeah. you know, rationalize what might be going on. Yeah. Because Google could be very scary when you Google what's going on in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing that comes up is cancer and you start thinking you have mm -hmm. cancer. And then that psychological stress could literally start brewing disease in your body yeah. Yeah. because of the somatic, there, yeah, there's a psychosomatic reflex. That surprise me, yeah. Meaning like what you think about can create responses. Like placebo effect. So this is crazy because I took my cat to the vet this morning and so it's not off topic at all because they're essentially the same as us. But my cat has this mental disorder. It's called, funny enough, it's called Pandora syndrome. And essentially it like she becomes, she has flare ups and inflammation from this mental condition. Yeah. And so they, they're like, well, why does she keep getting these infections? And why does she keep having these issues? And it's literally just anxiety. So they're yeah, treating the her for anxiety. So powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. What we think, how we think, what we're around, it mm -hmm. influences our 100%. perspective of life. Yeah. And there's, there's a, an interesting part of the brain. It's called the RAS, and reticular activating system. Reticular get, activating to system. To get specific. Okay. To get but scientific. basically, it's a filter for the brain, and it works in our subconscious mind to filter out unnecessary information. So right now, even though I'm having this conversation with you two, I'm still picking up all of this information of the room around, but mm -hmm. I'm able to filter it out and focus on the conversation subconsciously without even thinking about it. And mm -hmm. that's the, what the RAS does, that's its purpose? Yeah, huh. but it's trained based on what you tell yourself or what you tell it. So let's say you're going to buy a new car and you're, you want a red car. All of a sudden you start seeing red cars all over the place and you're yeah. like, well, why is this happening? Subconsciously, your brain is starting to look for something that is now of interest to you. Hmm. Um, and this is why people talk about positivity and negativity and thinking a certain way because you're literally conditioning. Yeah. And then that leads yeah. into manifestation because you start to see the things you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there was an interesting test that I saw online one time and this gentleman goes, I want you to look around the room and pick out everything that you see that's green. So try it to so look around the room a lot of green stuff. and pick There's out a lot everything of green stuff. that you see that's green. Okay. Tell me when you got it. Just in a number. Like, you don't have to name them. Okay. Just I feel count. like seven, seven or eight. Okay. You don't need to say it out loud. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's okay. I take, okay. I take it back. So keep, keep that in your mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now if I said, like, okay, well, how many things were black? No, without looking. You couldn't tell me because you were not focused okay. on looking for the black things. You're so focused true. on looking for the green things. So whatever you focus on, you will find huh. because you're literally telling your brain to look for it. So... When I'm working with patients, one thing I really stress, it's funny I'm using the word stress because I don't want them to stress, but the one thing that I stress is knowing that they can get better and they can heal and the condition can get better. If you broke something, it's never going to be 100% the same, mm -hmm. but you can always improve the situation and the scenario. Yeah. So if you get people thinking about the positive things that, that they can do for themselves instead of thinking about this will never get better and this will never heal, then at least when they're at home, thinking about their situation it's more positive and mm. that affects the physiology like when you're stressed your blood vessel vessels constrict blood flow gets eliminated or it gets limited to certain areas of the body so now that's going to affect healing mm -hmm. so there's a it's lot wild. of there's a lot of reasons why your mind matters and, and even you, like your cortisol you levels about. right like exactly. spiking like exactly then your hormones change yeah. which yes. then organ function changes because things in the bloodstream are different yeah it's very interesting yeah, wow. it's funny. You everything's that. connected. Everything's connected. Everything at funny a level way deeper. Um, the manifestation thing. My mom recently got diagnosed with Bell's palsy, 
And ever since it's been like, she just thinks she'll never get better. I'm like, mommy, like you literally have to tell yourself it's all, it's, it's half of the men, half the battle is mental, right? You have to tell yourself you're going to get better or that you are better in order to start diseases just based on their stubbornness of saying this will not kill me. And like, they just start looking for the right things to do and the right mm-hmm. information and then it starts coming to them 100%. and then they do more of that and they're like oh this 100 percent you know yeah. what yeah. were we just talking about before the before the episode the the process of compounding and mm-hmm. yeah. and just the process before the result yeah yeah you know um your d- disease doesn't just show up one day you don't just wake up one day and you have disease mm-hmm. yeah like that's been it developing yeah. over time based on habits and you know, one thing leads to the next. If you're in pain, your sleep is going to suffer. If your sleep suffers, you're gonna, your mood is going to decrease. Absolutely. If your mood suffers, fast. you know, you're not going to have energy to go do things that you know make you feel better, like exercise. And it just goes through what we yep. call on our end negative feedback loops, mm-hmm. right? So in treatment, in those people, my main goal first is to start getting their body to work in a positive feedback loop. Mm. So maybe even before I'm trying to fix the problem they, they came in with, with their knee swelling, I know that their nervous system is under so much tension that if I just improve their nervous system, if the tension around their nervous mm-hmm. system first, everything will calm down. That will already improve the circulation mm-hmm. to their knee. And so how Absolutely. do you do that? Like what's the process to calm so, down a nervous system? So, okay. So think of things that are calming to you. Um, if I was poking you on the shoulder after five minutes, you would want to strangle me <laughs> because that's not very calming. Yeah. So obviously I wouldn't do any type of stimulatory um, application of treatment, okay? So everything is very rhythmic, very slow, very gentle, um, very supportive. So if I pick up someone's head, I don't want to just be using the tips of my fingers. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I have good control. That way the, the, the person and every sense that their body has can actually just like let go. Relax. If you're... If someone holds your arm up like this, you don't feel like that's very secure. You're going to be tense and kind of mm-hmm. holding on to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I make sure I have like good control throughout the whole treatment. Um, if I like let someone's arm drop, that will literally undo a lot of what I'm doing. So this has to be through the whole treatment. So I'll kind of walk you through what that would look like. My tone with how I communicate with that person is going to be a little slower, a little calmer because yeah. you, you their body's going to respond to how like their environment right but if somebody comes in and they were stuck in traffic and they're 10 minutes late for their appointment you're already off to a bad start yeah Yeah. so if if i know that's what someone needs and they're 10 minutes late and you know i have another patient right after them that's a very difficult situation because Mm -hmm. i know that what i do will probably just undo the the stress that just happened yeah yeah so we didn't even really progress in that treatment absolutely so the state at which someone's coming in matters how I communicate matters, and then what I'm doing in treatment. So if you understand the difference, the different parts of the nervous system, you can understand different areas to work on to influence different things in the nervous system. So not to get too technical, but the nerve, the autonomic nervous system, the part that we don't control, so like heart rate, mm-hmm. breathing rate, things that kind of happen automatically, there's two parts of that, the sympathetic and the nerve and the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot, a lot more people are becoming more aware of these two avenues. And a lot of people know about the vagus nerve with the parasympathetic and the sympathetic people know as the fight or flight. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much where people's knowledge kind of sits, Ends. which is, yep. which is okay. It's good that people are first of all aware of that. However, 
those nerves come out at different segments in the body. So a lot of the parasympathetic nerves are cranial nerves, so they come out from the brain, and they some of them exit through the neck. Hmm. And the other ones are in the sacrum, so close to the tailbone. The tailbone's the bottom part mm -hmm. of the sacrum, mm -hmm. but basically the triangular bone between your pelvis. A lot of those nerves are parasympathetic nerves as well. There's some in the lumbar as well. But knowing where those nerves come from, you can manipulate those areas to have a certain response. Cool. So you have to have an understanding of where things are in the body yeah. to know how to influence them. Of course. So, so knowing the anatomy is like the most important thing. Knowing how to palpate the anatomy. So if a nerve comes out of L3, but your fingers are on L5, it's a different segment. Yeah. You're not going to be having the same effect. Yeah. Because your thing, it's like looking at a, an electrical board in your basement and flicking the switch that's not associated with the light in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're that nothing's going to happen to that light if you're on the wrong switch. Mm. Yeah. You have to be on the right area. Yeah. yeah. And then doing the right thing for that area. So you have yeah. to be able to see what that area is doing and what it can't do and be able to improve the function of it to make it do what yeah. it's supposed to do. So wow. there's a lot of layers. And then you have to know if it's fascial, muscle, or the actual That's joint. But then once you, once you understand all of that, you can actually manipulate the structures in the body to have a certain effect. That's amazing. So it's really cool. Yeah. And it's very logical. It's like, look, this nerve comes from here. You have inflammation in this area. That's why this is happening. Yeah. It's so, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, do you think this is something people can educate themselves on versus like... Obviously, probably not to the extent of the knowledge that you have, but like if someone wanted to really like just dive in a lot more on this type of like knowledge within the body, is it possible to kind of. Yeah, you just have to have good resources. Mm -hmm. It's like anything. There's a lot Crazy. of books out there on the yeah. body. The reason why most people don't know too much about it is because the verbiage and the communication is too complex. So people yeah. can't comprehend yeah. what's being said i think it's also very overwhelming for a lot of yeah people, like you right? a lot yeah. of times you leave the doctor's office and they're using all these big terms mm -hmm. and you're like okay what I, mean? have, <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. what did you yeah. say i have and, and it's very confusing so i try to break things down with my patients and make it more simplified mm -hmm. however there's a danger in simplifying things too much because then patients can't comprehend the severity of what's happening yeah, yeah. So there's a fine line and I'm still working on, you know, finding that balance. Mm -hmm. But that's why I'm just trying to educate people on the body and trying to yeah. simplify it in short form content has really helped because you could give that. like a couple tips in a video mm -hmm. instead of doing the whole lumbar right. anatomy. Yeah. And your videos have been doing amazing. Like, yeah. yeah, they've been doing well. Yeah, you've grown quite the following, especially TikTok. Yeah, it's I been think crazy. It's, I think it's amazing that you're educating people on social mm -hmm. media too. And again, like going back to our generation, people are more aware that everything's interconnected. So we're able to like, even if you have trauma, you're aware that that's going to affect your body in a certain way. Whereas I think our parents and our grandparents generation, they're like, well, I'm not injured. So I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to go see someone because my body's fine. Right. But you start having back issues. Like for me, I have like very tight hips and I can stretch and I'm like, why are they so tight? But also there's a lot of resources out there that say you hold all your trauma and like your hips mm -hmm. and like that area. Right. So emotional trauma definitely can get held in different areas of the body, for sure. For especially sure. depending on what that trauma is. So why is it just out of curiosity? Why is it that it would be held in the hips or is that like a known fact? No, there's nothing that can be said that will always affect everyone the same way. Yeah. That's never the scenario. So okay. let's say I see a hundred patients with back pain. 
the assessment and the treatment is going to be different for all hundred of them. Mm -hmm. Even if they all say my pain is in the same spot. Because everyone's bio-individual. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that are influencing that person's pain mm -hmm. that, that might it's be different, different from yeah. everyone else. Um, however, you brought up a good point about stretching. So a lot of people think because a muscle is tight, if they stretch it, it will lengthen it. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. The muscle's tight. I need to stretch it to lengthen it. Yeah. But a lot... There are a lot of times and a lot of reasons that can create a tight muscle that has nothing to do with you not lengthening it. Yeah. For example, if you have a spinal joint or a segment that doesn't have good movement, so you might see some elderly people like they don't have independent movement of their necks, so they might, you know, mm. compensate and move mm -hmm. from their back. They yeah. can still turn their head, but they're not just turning their head. They're tur they're compensating. So if we were to take the independent segments of their neck, there's probably not a lot of movement happening segmentally because it's moving as a group. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's just use this scenario. The nerves that come out of those segments are now going to be irritated because that area doesn't have proper movement. If you don't have proper movement, you don't have good blood supply and you don't have good drainage. So a good analogy for this is like if you live in a condo and they never clean the garbage chutes, over time, the, the garbage will start to pile up. You start to smell it in the hallway, start to smell it in your room. The problem is not in your room. It's not in the hallway. It's in the pipes that aren't being drained. Yeah. So sometimes the cause that you might think, because the muscle is the symptom, people think that it's the cause of mm -hmm. the problem, but something is causing that tight muscle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, there's something called a visceral somatic reflex, which means if your organ is irritated, that can also cause tightness in your muscles. Hmm. So if you Crazy. eat something that doesn't sit well with you mm -hmm. or you're under a lot of stress, there's a lot of nerves that communicate with the gut from the brain. This can create some, a reflex around the organs, which can then reflex to the muscle. So this could be a multi-dimensional issue that mm -hmm. you're just trying to stretch out your hip flexor and your <laughs> hip flexor tightness is not, has nothing to do with the cause. Right. Wow. So how would you know? Well, you go see an osteopath. We should be able to kind of figure out what the what's yeah. going on and that's like that's what we do yeah. you know you don't need to know what's wrong to come see me yeah and something doesn't need to be wrong yeah because your body here's another thing to think about we always do things whatever way is most comfortable so for a lot of women even men these days you ca we carry bags on our shoulder typically it's the same shoulder typically we elevate that shoulder we're walking around with the shoulder elevated these muscles are contracted these are relaxed you do this again and again and again for five, 10 years, you're going to work every day, your bag's pretty heavy, and you're wondering why you know you have shoulder pain over here. Well, these muscles have been on mm -hmm. nonstop. Yeah. Then your body's gonna compensate in other areas. So now you might have left hip pain. Mm. You're like, but I haven't done anything to my hip. So there's different things that can kind of guide me to tell me what's causing that issue mm -hmm. but yeah yeah it's a it's a problem solving job so yeah. as someone for example who i i think i'm pretty attentive to my body but let's just say for example i don't think really anything's wrong right now what would be my purpose to come see you like where where would that start what would that do you know what i'm trying to say like what i, like, I know do, i know do you know what i'm trying yeah, to say yeah now? if you don't think anything's going on yeah, why would like, you see an osteopath exactly so Again, it depends on the intent of the treatment. Sometimes I have patients that come in every six months for a checkup. I do a full body assessment. So I'm mm. checking all of your joints. Okay. To the average person, most people don't know what all the joints are in their body, which means they're not moving those joints on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You don't wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, I'm going to go through all my 
tarsal bones and move them in, in the way that they should. Then I'm going to move to the ankle joint and the knee joint and the hip joint and move them in every range mm. that they can move in. I just moved my ankle we don't, crack. We don't do that. Yeah. So for that reason, you can always benefit from a treatment mm. because as soon as I find a joint that doesn't move properly, I, my goal is to improve the movement. Mm. Why does that matter? Again, because circulation. So if you want good, healthy organs, your organs need to be getting good blood supply and good drainage all the time. Mm -hmm. So as a preventative measure for disease and dysfunction and injury, it's very valuable. Mm -hmm. if, if I had a patient come in and I checked their body and everything had good movement, I'd be like, all right, you're good to go. I don't need to see. Yeah, like, don't see come you, back. See you in six months. Yeah. yeah. Six months, a year. You know, different seasons require different stressors on the body. Spring, allergies come up. Mm -hmm. People oh, get sick. God, the worst. Uh, summer, people become way more active than they were in the winter. So yeah. a lot of repetitive strain injuries. The fall, I don't know what happens in the fall. So many things. Sickness. You, you know you're, what? You're almost too relaxed in you the know, fall. In the summer <laughs> or in the winter, shoveling. I get a lot of yeah. issues with yeah. people shoveling. Yeah. Also to add on to that, another interesting thing that I've come, come across recently is that allergies can also just be a symptom of inflammation. And again, like crazy, everything's interconnected, but it actually can just be a signal that something's wrong and you're not actually experiencing allergies, right? I am it's, a it's great true. example of that. But it's true. Yeah. Inflammation affects your immune response. So any, any defense mechanism in the body depends on the immune response. So yeah. if your immune response is compromised, you end up getting sick more often. You end I'm up always more sick. cavities. You end up, like <laughs> everything that can happen to the body becomes amplified. Yeah, because yeah. your defense system is compromised. Yeah. So imagine doing x going to the gym when you're fatigued. You're mm -hmm. not going to lift the same amount of mm -hmm. weight, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we can't expect the we can't expect our body to do its job when it's compromised. Absolutely. And that's that's where mm -hmm. everything kind of resides. Mm -hmm. I think it makes a lot cool. of sense too, because especially with like the way we live our lifestyle now. A lot of people are sitting in a chair all day. Um, exactly. There's been a lot of lifestyle changes. Yeah. Whereas Over back a in very the day, short period of yeah. time. Just even like, especially like I took holistic health. I studied that. And I mean, just like people's food choices, for example, like, right. So if you take in the fact that people are eating all this processed food, they're sitting in their chair all day, they're not necessarily taking care of themselves. And then they wonder why all these problems occur when back in the day, you know, like you walked a lot, you were moving more, mm, you were more physical labor. Yeah, like, yeah. And then on top of that, you would just eat food from the garden, which again, fueling your body with the right food. Again, everything's interconnected. Mm -hmm. that, those are all extremely important points. And mm -hmm. this goes back to what we were saying at the beginning with research. And it's impossible to measure everything mm -hmm. with an individual to prove something is 100% accurate. Yeah. It's yeah. just too complex. And we're still learning about different systems in the body. Mm -hmm. like fascia is only something that's been talked about over the last maybe 100 years, mm -hmm. which what's fascia yeah <laughs> and it's still foreign to people it's it's basically a form of connective tissue that encapsulates everything in the body from blood vessels to muscles it's what holds everything together hmm. but it responds to, there's a lot of sensory nerves in your fascia so it's constantly responding to everything that we experience so fascia is a, is a cause for a lot of muscle pain a lot of people mm -hmm. think it's the muscle but it's just the soft tissue or the fascia being restricted so think of what happens to like a worm when you poke it mm. you know how it shrivels up yeah, and yeah. it kind of it actually shortens and it's like overall yeah. length it contracts fascia kind of works in a similar way when it's irritated everything goes towards the point of irritation so if you think of it in terms of 
a shirt, it's almost like creating this yes. of, this type of pattern where it creates pull into mm. that area. And this happens on a three-dimensional plane. So it's not like a t-shirt, but it's yeah. forward, backwards, up, down, in and out. So let's say you have a lot of fascial tension around the hip. It could affect the shoulder. Mm. But then you have to think about all the organs along that line of pull. So now it's affecting the stomach and the pancreas and maybe the liver and the lungs because those organs sit on that line mm -hmm. of tension. That's mm -hmm. crazy. So this is how we're able to help organ function through the mechanical understanding of the mm -hmm. body. It's amazing. Wow. That kind of makes sense. Holy so shit. educational. I love yeah. that. Yeah. This it's is probably the complex. most educational episode we've ever had on some podcast. You asked for education. Yeah, yeah so. no, we yeah. did. We did. <laughs> you delivered. <laughs> he's That's educating us. We're teaching him how to be on a podcast. I mean, he's, you're doing a Perfect great job. Perfect trade-off. Yeah, yeah you're doing great. Um, I love like, also just talking about how the body's interconnected with just the mental. And I know we've mentioned that throughout this podcast so much, but it's just fascinating how much control we truly have over our own lives. Because if you think about it, if you're so, if you're in so much discomfort physically, you're going to, it's going to connect your mental and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. So people, I feel like they think it doesn't go the opposite way. Like if you're mentally unwell, like why would that affect other things? Right. But um, I think it's a good note to know that we are able to heal ourselves from the inside out. You can, yeah. Yeah. It's and doesn't that kind of, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, naturopath, that's kind of, like, same thing. Like, you're naturally healing yourself. Yeah, they're very helpful in, yeah. in that means. Yeah. I wanted to touch on the point you were talking about before with chemicals in our food and sedentary lifestyle. All of these things are now affecting our overall body mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. than it did, you know, 500 years ago Absolutely. where everyone was farming and doing manual labor Absolutely. and growing their own food. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know what we're putting in our body because a lot of this, a lot of the food out there is sprayed with mm -hmm. chemicals. People don't wash the their food properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a big misunderstanding as well, especially for me um, studying holistic nutrition, is that people feel like, oh, if I just count my macros, because they're so worried about like just the way they look. If I count my macros, I can eat whatever I want. But actually, like certain types of food that you eat cause inflammation, right? Or your insulin levels to spike. So it's actually focusing on eating whole foods and what properties those foods have and how a zucchini affects your, your blood sugar levels and things like that. Um, again, I mean, it's a lot of knowledge for, I think, the average person to consume. Like, how do you do absolutely everything right? And it seems very overwhelming. But I think as a general rule, it's just living a healthy life and fueling yourself with things that feel good, mm -hmm. right? And more of it. Like, when yeah. you find something that feels good, do it more. Yeah. yeah. Eat it more. 100%. But everything is about balance, mm -hmm. right? Just 100%. eating broccoli every day is not going to yeah. make you the healthiest person. No. So it's just about balance and happiness is is key mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. key you have to do what makes you happy i ask all my patients if they like their job <laughs> what, do you, what answer do you usually get no or yeah, i think that's eh, common a lot of people do things because they feel they have to mm -hmm. but when you're in a position like that nothing lines up because you're not happy with what you're spending most of your time doing 100%. yes it's so it's true. so true. People work more than they're at home yeah. and they're doing something they don't enjoy. Yeah. And to so touch how on is your life supposed to be happy? Of course. Yeah. I think to touch on that as well, living in Toronto specifically, 
um, or just North America in general, it's very expensive, right? So you have a lot of people and that's a stress trying to get by, which again, like I think COVID has a big part in that. And you know, we're going to, everything's going up. Mm -hmm. So people are doing things they absolutely hate just to get by. Um, and sometimes you have to life isn't a path of ease and joy and happiness. No, that's not, that might've came off that way. But if you know, you truly love something, then that's the end goal. And you have to do whatever it takes along the way to, to get, get that. Literally just and you might not week. like a lot of that path. But if you want that thing bad enough, those things won't matter as much mm-hmm. as that end product. It's true. And I think that's what drives me to get the things that I want. Because yeah. I know that I want it bad Absolutely. enough. Absolutely. So true. So and I think even like with physical health, like people, you know, they go to their jobs that they hate and they're like, oh, I'm too tired to go walking or I'm too tired to go to the gym, but it's actually making yourself do those things that give you energy back. <laughs> it's very true. Right. It's very so true. it's like, like when I stop working out and I stop going for my walks, even if I'm so tired, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk. I always feel better afterwards. Even mm. if it's just like slowly moving it. your body, like you yeah. don't have to do something extensive, but just get yourself moving. And I think that's also a really great educational thing for people because they're just so like, well, I don't have the energy. I'm too tired. I don't have time to get up. It's like you mm. have an hour in your day to move just do it right or make a lifestyle change like for me I don't want to sit in an office or you know for me like I'm like I'm gonna go teach a spin class so that I can work out and make money at the same time or you you know what I mean you always find a way to make it work the way you want yeah and I think making excuses is a terrible way okay don't get me wrong some people have families and they're a new parent absolutely and you know they've been at a job for so long and it's not a good transitional time for them Sure, there's always exceptions no Mm -hmm. matter what you talk about. But Mm -hmm. if you've been at a job 15, 20 years and you're not happy and that's affecting you not wanting to go for a walk in the evening and you know that not walking is affecting your overall health Mm -hmm. and your pain, well, you have to make a change. No one is going to change that for you. So find another job that's more active. Or if you can't change your job situation, go for that walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to make a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Life is not supposed to be easy. Yeah. No. We have it as humans. We have it so easy. Animals go out. They don't know if they're going to survive that day. They're so always true. on guard. Yeah. And that's what the stress response is designed for. Survival. Mm. We stress about being late for work, projects, but we go to the grocery store. We get whatever food we want. Absolutely. We don't have to butcher our own meat. We don't have to grow our own crops. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's sprayed on them or how healthy they are, but that comes at a cost. We don't have to do those things. So you have to change sometimes if you want your life to change. Like no one's going to change it for you. And I think that ties in with the whole theme of being interconnected because it's a domino effect. Your job, like walking, everything affects everything, right? What you eat, how you heal. Absolutely. So it's, it's like we are in control. And I think that's like a very humbling and, and, nice thing to know is that you do have control over your own life Mm -hmm. so i mean some there are things you absolutely can't control but there's a lot of things that you can control moving your body healing yourself the job you work right like you're you're completely in control of those decisions and um yeah it's true at the end of the day no one's forcing you to do anything absolutely yeah yeah you have the final say of what your life dictates yeah 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 always yeah no um i love all of that it's very I don't know. It's also healing for me to like listen to these kind of mm-hmm. conversations. I'm very passionate about just all of the health things. Health things. Yeah, I love how it's become a main topic lately. Yeah. Yeah. In podcasts, on social media, truly, people are sharing and 
enjoying because it's becoming more fun. Yeah. People are finding creative ways to explain and express yeah. how the body works. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was just textbooks. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is more and enjoyable as viewers and, and takers as well, right? Yeah. Of course. I think the one negative thing that does come from social media, though, is that I think it's a good reminder to remind everyone, everyone is bio-individual. So like, for example, I don't digest cauliflower well. That doesn't make cauliflower bad food right. or mean that you can't eat it, right? Um, and I think people are like, well, what is she doing? And what is he doing? And oh, well, that worked for her, so I'm gonna lose weight that way. And then they try it for two weeks and then they fall off and it doesn't work. Um, so I think there's many ways of doing things and it's just trial and error and finding mm. what works for you because the body is so bio-individual. It's like you said, you can't really like pinpoint exactly how you're gonna treat one patient because that patient might be completely different than your next one and they might have the exact same problem, exactly. right? It's just- Process of elimination. Mm. I feel yeah. like that's the best way to get to your answer. Absolutely. Try certain things. If you think a certain food made you feel a certain way, keep everything the same, eliminate that food, see how you feel. Yeah, yeah. If nothing changed, well, then you know it's not the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, back to that psychosomatic response. If, you, if you're told the food is bad for you and someone convinces you, the next time you eat that food, you're already creating a response yeah. through your digestive system based yeah. on what you perceive that food to do to your body. Yeah. I've actually been meaning to make a video about this. There was a really interesting study done where they gave two groups the same smoothie, exact same ingredients. It was some fruit, some protein, yeah. just a general smoothie, some greens. They told one group it was a high fat, high sugar smoothie, high calorie, that sort of thing. They told the other group low calorie, good mm. for your digestive system, all these health benefits packed with nutrients, same smoothie. Then they measured... Uh, glucose level, they measured blood pressure, um, cholesterol level, okay. all these different hormonal levels in the blood and how their body responded differently to, to each smoothie. Yeah. And it was completely different based on what they were told. Yeah. Yeah. They literally got different results, but were comparable to each group. Yeah. The mind's a crazy thing, man. So sometimes if, you, if you're told you're allergic to a lot effect, of foods... Right? You, you may actually be creating that, that allergy for that's yourself. So and that's why when people go on vacation, they tend to be less allergic to certain foods because they don't think about it. Like, I'm on vacation. They're feeling good. They just eat yeah. whatever. Makes they're sense. like, oh, I didn't get that bloating. And then they come back here and they're all bloated. It's then again, ingredients sense. are different. Yeah. Different like I went to Italy, well. food capital of the world. Yeah. And like you exactly. can eat whatever you want and you're gonna feel great right Their grains everything is a lot more natural. so good yeah. which i wish it was like that here right like i'm different I'm, regulations i'm just like, unfortunately why? like why are we doing it wrong you know but yeah different regulations it's cheaper to add preservatives to food right mm -hmm. they can sell it for the same amount yeah yeah lasts longer yep money. it's interesting money, the, money. the all money all of the money <laughs> just like the um food industry in general like it's crazy the marketing they do for like like all these companies like Lay's chips and you know, like it's insane how much money just comes into that. And unfortunately we're like a victim of, they don't. And they're so good at not saying the health benefits or the health risks. They're just like Lay's. Yeah. <laughs> or good McDonald's. Tastes good. You know, like, Coca-Cola crisp and refreshing. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, for me, like I eat a very, not because I'm trying to lose weight, but like I like to eat low carb because I find I actually feel more energetic when I don't eat like a lot of rice and potatoes. Like I feel light. I feel good. Like for me, I feel very heavy and like lethargic when I eat a lot of carbs. Mm -hmm. So my body like loves fats though. So it's it also depends on your activity level, right? 
That's Because your body breaks down those mm. nutrients differently. Yeah. Protein, fats, carbs, Absolutely. sugars. So, yeah, if you're doing a lot of high-intensity exercise consistently, it's probably a good idea to increase the carb intake. Of course. Right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's all relative. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You just have to find what, what works for you. Yeah, it's very true. But it's good. A lot more people are becoming active. Mm-hmm. Different types of physical activity are becoming more popular. Yeah. You know, yoga has become really popular. Yoga is amazing. And these things are good for the body. Yeah. I do get a lot of patients, though, that say, how come I have hip restriction? I do yoga. <laughs> like I said, a lot of tightness can come from a lot of different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yoga is great. I don't think you shouldn't do it. It's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. good to get movement, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. it's not going to always fix the problem. It's not, yeah. Yeah. it's not meant to fix the problem. It's yeah. meant to get your body moving. I got one for you. Yeah. Chronic migraines or just okay. migraines in general. Oh, yeah. This girl suffers. How? Now, migraines is a good topic. Yeah. like So I'll, I'll explain my approach to, to migraines. So let's say you came in, you, you told me you experienced migraines. So I'll ask you similar questions to what I would ask. How often are you getting migraines? <laughs> you're asking me right now? Yeah. On a monthly basis? If you're okay like with a, sharing the information. No, 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 that's okay. Like weekly or monthly average? Weekly. weekly? Uh, no, it's up to, yeah, you tell me. If you I, get it weekly, then that already gives me a lot of information. Yeah. Okay, I would say I get headaches very frequently throughout the week, but migraines probably like twice a month. Okay, and how frequent are you getting headaches? Like two to three times a week. It's like rare if I don't get a headache. Okay, so more <laughs> often than not. Yes. So headaches are not normal. We shouldn't have headaches. That hmm. means there's an ache somewhere in the head. Something's yeah. causing the ache and something is going on. There's a lot of different things that can cause headaches. So we'll start with muscle tension or fascial tension. And fascial tension could be coming from somewhere even in the low back. Hmm. Like imagine you had a string taped mm-hmm. to your forehead and the string went all the way down your spine, down your glutes, down your hamstrings, down your calf into the bottom of the foot. If you lifted your leg, mm-hmm. what happens to that string on your it on the pulls. backside? It pulls. Yeah. So everything along the back is connected. Everything's connected. Mm-hmm. So if you have something pulling in the low back, that could potentially be creating tension all the way up into the head. Hmm. This is just one. This is just one mm-hmm. possibility. Simple. So I would run through an assessment to figure out, okay, where's most of your dysfunction coming from? But other things that can lead to headaches and migraines, which is more common, is something going on in the in the neck, the cervical spine, affecting circulation to and from the head okay Hmm. so blood goes from your heart to your brain your brain uses the nutrients the oxygen and then your venous system and your lymphatic system come and filter out all the toxins and bring it back to the heart back to that example of the garbage chutes being clogged if there's any type of restriction restriction can come in different forms fascial restriction tense muscles right Mm-hmm. Intense muscles can be caused by all of those things we've already discussed. Lack of joint motion. So let's say you sit on your computer every day with your head tilted to the right. Over time, your joints will become more used to that. So usually if I would assess you side bending your head to the left, it would be very restricted because mm-hmm. you never do it. You're always going to the right. Mm-hmm. Your body will adapt to whatever it does most. Yeah. So that can create joint restriction. Now that joint restriction could affect the blood supply. So then I mm-hmm. would have to improve the joint function. It could Your neck could be compensating from an injury that happened somewhere below. So there's a lot of different things that can influence the neck. And there's a lot of different layers that can influence the flow of fluids and muscle tension in and around the neck and head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
compression or tension on nerves can also mm-hmm. cause headaches. So I don't know what is causing the headaches and migraines until I feel around and see what's actually happening. And basically I'm, I'm visualizing through touch essentially what's happening to all of the structures that are in there because I have to know what all mm-hmm. the structures are that mm-hmm. are in there. Mm-hmm. Right? So like you have your thyroid here too. So if you have a side bend in the spine, in the cervical spine, and this is, typically you won't see that because the head will always find a way to stay level. Mm-hmm. So this is really cool. The human body will always find a way to keep your eyes level with horizon. That's so crazy. Because if, if your head was off, your balance would be off. Yes. Proprioception would be off. You'd be, you feel nauseous. Your yeah, whole you nervous system weird. would be off. Mm-hmm. So your body will always compensate again and again and again to, to keep your head straight. If you cannot compensate to keep your head straight, so you see some people looking towards the ground and they're mm-hmm. unable to get up, that typically means that they've been compensating or their health is so compromised that they no longer have the ability to compensate. Yeah. And that tells you that their health is a lot it's further down. Yeah like the, the path of, yeah. you know, yeah. chronic illness and disease yeah. because compensation is a healthy mechanism. It's incredible. Our body's just not meant to compensate for very long mm. periods of time. Wow. Human body, man. It's so those are, those are, things, those are things that I would be thinking about yeah. just any, from our intake. Do you have any like natural, then, natural remedies or ways to like prevent maybe? Yeah, osteopathic treatment. Okay. <laughs> but He's like, come and see, see you me. next week, Dr. But Talbot. It's, but, but it's true. <laughs> It's true yeah. because, and once things move better, mm-hmm. typically these symptoms go away. And when you're not experiencing those anymore, then I don't need to see you, right? It's, it's just, usually there's a cause to why something is yeah. happening. It's not so easy to figure out that answer, For sure. but there's an answer somewhere Yeah. Mm-hmm. or else you would have been born having these and you would have had them consistently your entire life. Yeah. Then in that case, I'd be thinking of things like malformation and you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of other possibilities that mm-hmm. could be leading to migraines and headaches, you know, intracranial bleeding. And yeah. there's a lot of things that I would try to rule out before saying, oh, it's, sure. you know, something like this. Yeah. Um, and if headaches and migraines came out of nowhere and they were extremely severe, I would make sure you got ruled out, you know, by mm-hmm. your doctor first before getting treatment. Because you don't want to be manipulating someone's neck if there's something serious going yeah, on. Yeah, of course. So wow. we have to pay attention to all that stuff too. And if we feel something that's not natural, it's also up to us mm-hmm. to refer them to a doctor to get that check yeah. before coming back. Of course. Because there's a lot of safety involved. 100%. Mm-hmm. So you said you started getting into this path during COVID. Is that it? Well, COVID was when I started posting on social media. Okay. But I would have been done my four-year program for osteopathy. Like, is you're four years so after smart, university. man. Yeah, you got a lot of knowledge <laughs> you're in so your noggin smart. there. <laughs> they like dri- they drilled it into us in school. school. The schooling was very intense. intense? Yes, yeah. but I'm it. thankful because that mm-hmm. now allows me to also, think for myself. Yeah, you're it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. They gave me a very, very, very good foundation. Basically, how our four years went in osteopathic school. For those of you who are interested in possibly getting into osteopathy. Mm. Our first year consisted of learning all the bones, joints, and muscles, which Mm. was quite a bit. Um, So different joints have different motion capabilities. We have to know what those are to be able to assess them. I'm not going to assess, like, rotate. Well, you technically can assess rotation of the elbow, but the main job of the elbow is flexion and extension, whereas the wrist has a lot more ranges. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't expect the same motion of the elbow as I do the wrist, but you have to know that to, to assess that. So... That was year one. Year two was by far the hardest, knowing all really? the arteries, mm-hmm. veins, lymphatic vessels, nerves, 
Yeah. So that was year two. It's called navel, N-A-V-L, nerves, artery, vein, lymphatic. Wow. So hard. It would be like this artery is a branch of this artery, and it would give you three arteries that are right next to each other. So if you didn't know, you you yeah, don't get it right. I'm and a 70% out. is a pass. <laughs> so you can't just fluff your way through, no. which is good because yeah, if good. people are working on people and this is health, serious. it's serious. Yeah. It should be very difficult. Yeah. So I had no problems with that. And they tested our stress levels big time in school. That's yeah. so and the reason for that is if you get someone in your practice and they have a, a condition you've never seen before, you don't get all stressed out you can mm -hmm. rationalize you know a treatment Absolutely. plan because if you're not prepped for the worst that's why you know all these SWAT and Navy SEALs they get put through the hardest conditions to make them tough mm -hmm. they're elevating how their nervous system what their nervous system can handle yeah. they're increasing their threshold to what you know negatively affects them yeah and it sucks in the short time in the short term but now I'm grateful for it. Exactly. Year three was all organs, understanding how organs work, what their blood supply is, what, the, what nerves supply those organs, what influences organ function. Year four was special senses, so eyes, ears, nose, throat, understanding that, the anatomy, how they work. And then second half of year four was putting all of those layers together and understanding how they influence each other. Wow. So that's, that's actually when it all came together. Yeah. Up into year three, I was so confused. I was like, I still so don't really understand. you really just had to push through to the end. Like. Yeah. You, by year two, I wasn't even sure I wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, I would have been dropped like, out by then. Yeah, like, it's hard. Yeah, but again, it was intense. Wow, good for you. Man. It teaches you to be disciplined and like kind of mm. push yeah, through, right? Yeah, discipline was a big one. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're when people are putting their health, you know, in, in, your, in hands. your hands. 100%. Mm -hmm. Especially expertise. when they trust you with, with their infant. Yeah. The youngest I've treated was three months. And oh. when someone gives you their child to treat, like that's... That's crazy. That's intense. That's intense. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing I wanted to discuss, because um, we love to be transparent on this podcast, and I'm sure a million people are wondering, like, when you get into the financial aspect of being treated for these treatments, um, what does that look like? Like, do you find that a lot of people don't come because they can't afford it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I feel like that's a good aspect to touch on because um, I'm sure, like we said, there's always ways around to figuring out how an average person can afford the therapy. Totally. And that's a very valid question. I think a lot of people have that, but maybe don't ask. A hundred percent. And I get a lot at, in the first session, how, how many treatments am I going to need? I can't tell you mm -hmm. because I don't know how many layers we're going to have to peel away mm -hmm. to actually fix the root cause. To get rid of symptoms, usually you can do that pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But for me to know that that symptom is not going to come back because let's say they have shoulder pain and I know it's co being compensated by something happening below, and we haven't fully corrected the function of what's happening below, I know eventually that pain's gonna come back. Yeah. So if that person just wants their pain to go away, usually it's fairly quick, mm -hmm. few maybe three to five sessions to, to really feel a difference. If someone has a lot going on, like they've been in car accidents, they've lost someone close to them, they have a lot of emotional trauma, they have digestive issues, they don't sleep well, and you need to peel through all I of those layers, <laughs> That yeah. takes a little bit longer. Yeah. The nice thing in Canada is mm, if you have benefits, it's covered for the most part. Really? So, See, that's good so to know. So you can use, you can use yeah. benefits to claim treatment. If you don't, it could get pricey. Now, I have a very interesting perspective of this. Because I know it works, because I've seen it with my patients, I wouldn't say that if I just got out, but yeah. I, I've seen that it works. Mm-hmm. 
So I know the trade-off. Let's say you have hip pain and it starts affecting everything in your life. Mm -hmm. You're not comfortable sitting. You have to stop your podcast because you can't sit for an hour podcast. So now you have to break up and do shorter sessions because your hip is in so much pain. You don't get a good sleep because your hip is in so much pain. Your friend wants to go to Wonderland. You're like, you know, I'd love to go. I'm so sorry I can't. My hip is really bothering me. Now it starts to burden friendships. Now it starts to affect you mentally. Then it starts to affect your digestion because you've been so stressed. What is that worth to you Mm -hmm. to improve? Absolutely. That is a touchy way to put it because people get frustrated because they, they try for so long to get to the root cause of their issue. And it's unfortunate, but a lot of people don't, a lot of therapists don't look at the interconnectedness of everything. So they're looking at things very superficially and they're not actually improving someone's condition. So then they end up spending thousands and thousands because they end up in this cycle of not getting any better. Mm-hmm. So to them, they kind of have that trauma or maybe they've heard someone that has that trauma where they're like, I don't have $5,000 to invest in my mm-hmm. health right now. So because they don't know that there's a guaranteed end result, that's the biggest hesitation. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you went up to someone and said, I can guarantee this will improve, people will pay anything, but you can't guarantee that. Mm-hmm. So the way I explain it to patients is, you know, try it out for three to five sessions if you don't think your health or that issue is worth a couple hundred dollars, then I really hope you're not going out for dinner. I really hope, like, there's yes, a lot of things where you can that. spend that amount of money. Absolutely. Um, you know, lip filler is like $600 to $800 yep. for, for a syringe of lip filler. Why do people do it? Because the so second crazy. you leave, you already see the benefits. Absolutely. So it's worth it. You're like, mm-hmm. I know what, what what's going to change. Yep. With osteopathy, because a lot of the stuff is happening underneath the skin, unless you feel the, the, the effects, like your pain has gone mm-hmm. down, you people don't see. really know all of the things that are improving yeah. mm-hmm. under the skin. You don't see the change. So they don't understand the benefit. And because of that lack of understanding, they can't rationalize why they're paying that yeah. amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really trying to make it, you know, goal of mine to, to explain to people, if you understand the benefit of this, this is worth like... And the importance. Like this is, this is worth so much more than people pay in Canada. I heard that there's an osteopath in California because there's not many manual osteopaths. They charge 450 US for the initial treatment and 250 US for follow-up treatments because there's not very many of them. So they can technically charge what they want here because there's a lot. There's a little bit of a price battle where people will try to go cheaper. Mm -hmm. But again, it all depends on the practitioner's knowledge and expertise Mm -hmm. because you could have very, I don't want to use the right term here uneducated osteopaths and very educated osteopaths. Mm -hmm. And even with the education, then it comes down to how they apply it on the table. You could be the smartest person in the book. If you can't actually make a change, Mm -hmm. that's what you do. That's if you don't understand mechanics, that's what sports taught me. Right. You know, if you want to be good at a sport, you better understand mechanics and Mm -hmm. and how you can maximize that. But it's a tough question to answer the financial aspect. And if someone's really struggling you know, and someone really needs your help, they can't get treatment anywhere. They don't have benefit coverage. You know, it comes down to your whole personality too. You know, if, if I'm going to trade 30 minutes of my time to help you, what can you trade 30 minutes of your time to help me Absolutely. doing? Absolutely. You know, anything. Yeah. Come yeah. help me do this or that, you know, like yeah. there, there needs to be a trade-off. Yes. And the founder of osteopathy, this is kind of how he treated, like he had, because he was the first person to do this type of therapy, people... Yeah. People were healing of all these diseases that their doctor said, You're literally, you literally have for the rest of your life. 
And the coolest part is the founder of osteopathy, he was a doctor for 40 years before he created osteopathy because he realized a lot of the approach in the medical system was just throwing medication mm-hmm. at people and not actually trying to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that creates a whole other issue of op- opioid addiction and yeah. that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But he created a more logical approach. If this blood vessel goes through through here to get to this organ and this organ's not functioning properly, something along that pathway of that blood vessel is affecting the supply. Where? I don't know. I have to find it. You remove that. It's like taking your foot off the hose. Things flow better and Mm -hmm. things come back to health. Yeah. So every single treatment, ideally, your body should be in a better position than it was when you came in. Absolutely. So people can, sometimes people just pay for a treatment just to come for a treatment. One, it feels good. It's relaxing. And they leave just feeling better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So you don't need something wrong to come in. Yeah. Um, it's my job to look around and try to see if I can find anything that can improve mm-hmm. and try to improve it. Which I'm sure 99% of the time. Especially nope. nowadays with everyone so stressed. Yeah, there's so something. Everyone holds tension in their body. Yeah. Yes. And true. posture is a big one yes. because we do a lot of things that put us in this yeah. slouched position. So f- for the most part, I'm always trying to improve extension Me of the too. spine. Yeah. I'm not doing a very good you know, job at so right the, now. <laughs> so those are things people can do on their own, right? The more you're aware of these things, the more you can remind yourself of what you could do to offset it. Sitting like this for an hour is not going to make your spine into this position. It's doing this all the time without doing this. That's when your spine starts to adapt into this position. And then this becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your body just just adapts. It's like try writing a paragraph with your left hand versus your right hand. Why? You have the same muscles on both I know, sides. I know. It's but because you use your right side all the time, that whole pathway neurologically is a lot stronger than this pathway. So all your fine motor skills are a lot mm-hmm. yes. less. It's it's the same as like you have your dominant side when you're, you're weight training, right? Because I always exactly. try to correct. I always try to start with my weaker side first because And then match it with so your stronger unbalanced. side? Yeah, yeah because good. it's super unbalanced, right? Um, that was a big problem I had when I did like all my skeletal test or whatever but it was just that it was unbalanced so and we all have imbalances yeah and typically i'm just trying to improve the imbalances mm-hmm. yeah love it. i love it wow yeah. that was that was, that was amazing. a very educational well, episode thank you so like much that. for coming on and like teaching i mean like i always find i learn so much from just sitting in this on this couch mm-hmm. and having conversations yeah. but one more question before yeah, we leave sure. we always end our episodes off with same question with every guest. What is one piece of advice you can give our audience, whether it's life, educational, you know, one careers? Piece. Yeah, if one you had to give like advice. the best advice you could give to somebody. It could be a sentence. It could be What's a your bird. life motto? <laughs> What's your life motto? It's okay. Stop. We're, put, we're it's putting okay. you can think Dr. Talbot so on the spot. I that I say daily and I'm, I'm like, that What's the best good. one? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Give me a second here. Yeah, yeah. And we can okay. just cut the silence, so. It doesn't even matter. We always say, too, the one thing that we love about podcasts is it's just a conversation recorded. And just in real life, like you have moments of silence where you need to think or that's why we we come completely unscripted every time. It's way better to do. It is like people love that. Okay, give him a second. Give him a second. Like Joe Rogan literally has got his his smokes out. He's like, yo, I got to go to the bathroom. You ever see him do that? I know it's true. But but he lives on the podcast, but it's good because that's what makes people watch it. It feels Mm. like you're in the room with him. You're like one piece of advice. He's like, he wants to really think for this one. We're giving him All right, I, I'll, give, I'll give a good one. <laughs> your situation can always be worse, but your situation is always better than someone else's. 
Yo, that I Mike literally said dropped. that this morning. That's good. That's real rich. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's laughing. But I, and I say that because people come in and they so think true. their situation is the, the worst. worst situation in the yeah. world. And then I see the next patient. And I'm like, if this person had to live in that patient's shoes for one day, so they true. would never complain again. Yeah. Yeah. And being an osteopath really humbled me that way. Yeah. Because that. when I go to work and I don't have pain and things are working, I'm like, wow, I'm grateful you that things are that working. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Main character energy is such a real thing, whether it's negative or positive, because it's great that you're your main character, right? But at the same time, we think like, holy shit why me and it's like yo it could be way it's way always worse, worse. So many it's people always traveling worse. has really opened my eyes to that too yep, like you absolutely. go to places in the world that don't have fresh water yep. yeah imagine what best. your life would look like without fresh water yeah that's the best that part one about traveling yeah, yeah like we're bitching like oh my condo fees went up 500 dollars. Yeah. okay yeah that sucks but well, i mean like we're city, able to yeah. afford it we're exactly. able to figure it out There's and if you can't then you switch your situation or absolutely. you adapt yeah whereas adapt that would have been my backup being able to adapt being to able your to adapt. environment I love that. and learning how to yeah. become the best yeah. in that environment. 100%. Yeah. But not that. to put other people down, just to... No, no, know, no. For yourself. For yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think wow. that's what moving to Toronto has really kind of pushed me. Yes. Because everyone down here is grinding. Everyone down here yeah. is it's a hustle, trying to hustle build a city. life for themselves. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a hustle city for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's expensive, so mm-hmm. you can't live down here just doing nothing you have to work you have to work (laughs) and i love that about the city it's motivating Mm -hmm. it It is it it pushes me i get up at and this goes back to that quote i just said i get up at six i go for a walk people are already finishing the run Mm -hmm. yeah this person got up at five you get up at five people got up at four yeah yeah Yeah. i think like one thing i just want to add on to that is um i feel like i'm gonna lose my train of thought this you know when that happens um i was just gonna say like people i went to bali and it was so calm there. And I actually felt anxiety that I wasn't doing enough because I'm so used to being in this hustle bustle. Um, but I think it's a good note that you are supposed to be committed for the rest of your life to just being better, like chasing the next thing. Like you're never actually going to be 100%, nor do I think you should be satisfied. Like once you attain one thing, you're going to want to attain another. And so just adding on to that, that's why I love Toronto so much because yes, it's hustle and bustle, but it's it's so like, liberating to chase something Mm -hmm. and i mean i love that but happiness is a choice like you need to be happy through the process like Mm -hmm. i mentioned like i love the grind i love the process you can't obsess over the end result and i think that's where you kind of have to separate the two but it's always nice to just continue to chase something Mm -hmm. and continue to work towards something like when we get super successful with this podcast it's gonna be well what's the next step where do we take it from there you're always going to continue to want to grow and i think if you aren't you're not, you're not doing life right. You know? You're already thinking in the right way. You said when this yeah. podcast. Yes. All the manifestation. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta it's speak good. it. Oh, we said existence. since day one. We're like, we're popping off. Yeah. Like it's you just, it just comes down to consistency. There's, yeah. there's three 100%. things that I think are extremely important with being successful. Intent. You mm-hmm. need to know what Absolutely. the intent is. If you have no reason for your goal, there's no pushing factor. Mm-hmm. Consistency. You have to be consistent. And I always think of that one photo, I'm sure you guys have seen, of those two people digging underground. Mm-hmm. And the one person is one away from the Reaching, jackpot. Yeah. And I think that happens more often than people think. And yes. they give up right before that actually happens. But it's hard for people to see the light at the end of the tunnel if they've never actually had that in anything in life. Yeah. Whereas I was lucky as a child, I, I achieved 
success at a young age. So I knew that at some point, if I work hard enough, it's attainable. It's attainable. Mm, and course. that's what pushes me even mm. when I feel like giving up. Yeah. Uh, and then hard work. That's yeah, just the work. next Absolutely. thing. And I think confidence too as well, like believing in yourself, being able yep. to think that you can do something and achieve it. And that's the best feeling is when you do, right? So exactly. and that's why it's so important to surround yourself with, you know, like-minded like people. people because I mean, I've met like a lot of successful people in my life and it makes it like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it too. And never like- My grandma literally said that to me on the phone this morning. Yeah. She goes- <laughs> you know what Nana always tells you? If they can do it, you can do it. And I'm like, <laughs> that's where I got it from. I'm like, you probably put that in my head when I was three years it's old. It's true though. But it's so true. Like it's some so people true. get discouraged. If you can think it, you can achieve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Why have we said the past three things at the same time? I know, time? twins. But <laughs> it's like, you know, people get, there's one type of person that will get discouraged by that. And then there's another that gets motivated by like, wow, that's amazing that they can do it. There's room for success for everybody. Mm. Like, and people always everything. see the end product. And they think, oh, it was so easy, easy to get there. Overnight success. They don't see the grind. They don't see all the work that and went into it. that's why we do this. This mm. is why we literally, one of the main reasons we wanted to do this podcast was to bring people on for them to like highlight the grind and highlight the actual like Story. transparency mm. of what goes on and how much work you have to put and into And it's something. hard to do that. Mm -hmm. When I was DJing, I used to literally study anatomy. Mm -hmm. while I was yeah. working, and especially when intense. it was quiet. Yeah. I'm looking at blood vessels and, yeah. in an app <laughs> yeah. while, I'm, while I'm working. I had a friend but. that was an engineer, and he literally was like, I'm not kidding, for four years straight, I did not sleep. He's like, I, I didn't sleep. He's like, I worked three jobs, and I was in school for engineering because he had to pay his way through, and his parents couldn't help him, and exactly. he did it. Everyone has a different story. And he did it. Now, I would only ever recommend that if you knew you really wanted that end goal, which yeah. I'm sure he did, but then it's worth it Yeah. because then he got what he sacrifice but you it. wouldn't go through that if you didn't really want it so no. that's also a testament of like do you really want it you exactly. know are you gonna go through the if someone pushes you off track easy you didn't want it that bad yeah 100 yeah wow. you'll always find wow. a way you'll yeah. always find a way always i love that way. Well, um, thank, well, thank you. you so much for coming yeah, on thank you truly it me. was a pleasure i learned so much today i feel like i'm gonna be booking i just an got an a free yeah i got a free consultation i got a free educational session there we go <laughs> i benefited a lot thank you so much yeah thank you for coming trade off no, it was yeah. a good trade-off. Yeah, Quid pro quo. No, yeah, it was a pleasure. But uh, that concludes our next episode of St. Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Brennan, for joining us today. And Thank you guys. that's cut. That's cut. <laughs>